Welcome to 5.0, Fivefold and Beyond with Matt and Amy. In the 5.0 podcast, we're going to peel back the layers of the Ephesians 4 model, revealing a thriving church, ministry, or organization. This will help leaders to identify, work together, and implement or raise up the believers who want to move in their calling. Watch those who are in your care and they become alive with a fresh passion as the anointings on their life are revealed, encouraged, and released. We also offer seminars, conferences, and strategic advising to pastors and leaders. We'll sit down with you and help you to learn how to have a fivefold influenced church or organization. Um, also, how to identify and integrate people with fivefold giftings into your teams and into your organization. So connect with us at ihimtv.com. That's ihimtv.com. So get ready to engage as these podcasts will open an understanding, remove confusion of the fivefold, and open your eyes and heart to what you and those around you carry. Evangelistic pitfalls. In this podcast, we want to discuss for the evangelistic realm, whether you're an evangelist or you move in evangelistic gifts or ministries, what are some of the pitfall tendencies that you have to be aware of? Let's start by looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. It says, but you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And fulfilling your ministry effectively can be hard. There is hardship that you're going to have to face. But if you avoid some of these pitfalls um, that we're going to talk about here in a moment, then you will be well on your way to running the race that God has set before you. Yes. And um, one of the first one, I guess, will take the biggest, what I, one of the biggest elephants in the room, maybe, I think. Uh, it's my opinion. I'm going to, just mention that. And that is some people, not all of them, some people with evangelistic gifts or a call on their life are so passionate about getting out into the streets that they judge the churches or individuals for not having that as their number one drive. And so who needs a church? And they go off and do their own thing. Um, I've experienced this. I've seen this. And I know that that I've had individuals give it an opportunity to mentor them and bring them to a place of partnership. And they did not want that. They wanted to do their own thing. And off they went. I don't know how effective they are today. Uh, usually if it's like everything else that happens um, in their own head, but really not much fruit, not much stuff going on stuff there because there's a lot of hardships and different things that they're they're facing that maybe might have been self-inflicted or just walked on just because unteachable type of spirit and and we, uh, with every gift it you'll find within yourself that as you work um in the kingdom or as you grow in the kingdom there your gifts and your passions start rising up and you look around and you find out others around you aren't like you and you got to be very careful. You don't go judging them. They're not less spiritual than you. They have their own callings and giftings. So I always turn it around on the person that has a calling. You make sure that you flow in your gift and calling. And some churches, we said, are not evangelistic churches. Though they have outreaches and they do things, but their, their house may have a different mission and a mandate. But 
it should include having evangelists active and at least getting behind people with evangelistic calls or gifts upon their life. So a pitfall is getting judgmental, blaming everybody else, thinking that the only valid ministry that should be happening is get out of those church walls, get down there and on the streets and do one-on-one with everybody or do a park thing. And no, no. It's we, part of it. But. We can't make everyone like us. And we have to remember that if everyone in the body is an elbow, what kind of body is that going to be? Right. And so, yeah, the passion, the drive that we have of our calling and, and what are in our mandate in the kingdom is going to be different. And that's okay. It's okay. That's okay. As long as we're doing what we're supposed to. That's why, you know, that's why it says don't compare yourselves among yourselves in the Bible. Because right. we can't, because you're comparing apples to oranges, elbows to kneecaps. It's not the the same thing. So we can't compare one another. Yeah. Let's look at the next one. A lot of people, a negative tendency can be in this evangelistic realm is to get impatient with training or skill development because, you know, they are raring and ready to go. And they see um, this as a less important thing, that extra training. I just want to get out on the streets. I don't need to sit here and read a book and and learn about this or, or take a class. I just need to get out and do it. And because they're very action motivated and that's zealous. good that they're zealous. zealous and action motivated that's not a bad thing but if we neglect the training see it's the training that helps us move with excellence and if we neglect the training then we're like this loose cannon that may sometimes hit the mark but may sometimes hurt people right i was just gonna i was just thinking of an example but i i, I didn't have one outside of a car but uh you know you get moving and flowing and you think you're doing all this for the kingdom of God and look behind you and look all the shipwrecks and all the people that you hurt and, and people that got turned off and walked away and, and all kinds of, Oh, but bless God, I'm doing what God wants me to do. And we get a martyr syndrome, which can happen. We're going to really talk about that in the prophetic realm because that, that is common there. But um, uh, I'm just doing it and I get, I'm suffering for Jesus, persecution. The Bible says to persecute me. So if I'm getting persecuted, that means I'm doing God's work. No, it means you're stupid uh. <laughs> in, in not doing, you know, trained with skills. We're all going to be persecuted enough by the world. We don't need to do it because of our stupidity or our, our obnoxiousness or our hard-headedness. People can pick up on that. They are not stupid. And when we're out there doing something like that, they can tell an unskilled, untrained person right from the get-go and you know, it's, it's pretty rough. That's a rough way to learn. And there's a difference between, you know, I, I know the Bible tells us that the word of God will be an offense to many. And I understand that when we present the word of God to people, there will be some that are offended, but let it be the word of God that offends them, not our presentation or our obnoxiousness. Because that if we become a stumbling block to people from entering the kingdom, I believe there, there's a strong judgment on that. Yeah, we will So answer. don't you don't want to be a stumbling block. You want to love people in the kingdom and you want to be led by the spirit for sure. Oh, definitely. And definitely. have training. Let's look at the next one. Um, sometimes people in this realm can tend to be unaccountable and work alone. They just want to work alone because sometimes the demands of this, you're working one-on-one -on -one with people, you're out there um, working alone, and we forget that we're a part of a larger body. We're a part of a team. And if we go out and we're not accountable, um, 
often someone it will have the this mindset will lead to um, shunning anything that has kind of a church flavor to it because we start to judge the four walls and we forget that the church is not just the four walls but the four walls facilitate the church but we start to judge all of that and get ourselves into a dangerous place yeah if it's too churchy i don't even know what that even means but anyway <laughs> uh it means a lot of things to different people and it can get pretty pretty dangerous so the the the, the thing about even you know in the early days and maybe even now there are people that think that but too many people uh in the past feel that doing evangelistic work is a shoot from the hip born to be wild <laughs> You can I'm a, sing that. <laughs> uh, I'm a church rebel. We should be playing that in the background. Um, I am a church rebel and I don't belong in the four walls type of person. Well, great. But what are you going to do about it without disconnecting yourself? The problem that, that's is, a, a, though, when people become unaccountable and this shoot from the hip type of person, we have people who become kooks. They're unaccountable to any authority. They end up doing more harm than good in the kingdom of God. So evangelistic gifts need to be nurtured. They need to be trained just like anybody else in the body of Christ. Their things have to be nurtured and trained in, right? Become excellent with it. So evangelist leaders need to equip these people and release them in a proper way like any other part of a disciplined army. That's, that's my th thoughts on the matter anyway. Hey, it's my show. I can... Say what I need to say. <laughs> okay, I'm in agreement. So you don't uh, have to kick me off the mic. <laughs> all right, there you go. <laughs> um, I, you know, the next one is if someone doesn't understand their fit in the fivefold overall strategy and the cooperation. So when you've got someone who doesn't have the training, and that's why I know we keep going back to training, but that's so important with any gift that you have. It's it's like giving a hammer to a two year old. You know, the, there's nothing wrong with the hammer. The hammer is perfect in its creation. The gift that God has given you is perfect in its creation. But if you've got a two-year-old wielding that hammer, someone's going to get hurt. There's damage that's going to be done. And so, you know, that's why you develop the person. You're not developing the gift. You're developing you so that you know how to skillfully use that gift, that call that God has put on your life. Well, just like callings, gifts, or anointings. Um, all of those type of things, they all grow. They grow. It doesn't stay the same, but they grow. The mantle, the, the calling, the, everything expands as you grow in the kingdom of God and experience things and, and feed your spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit. With every victory and every defeat, it all contributes to the growth of what's going on. Nobody is just right there. There always is that process. And so in that process, we have to understand how does my gift fit in with the body? And I know we talked about, you know, definitely it, it's not making the whole body conform to my gift and who I am, but it's like, how does mine bring life? How does it add? And in evangelism, that's a piece and that's, that's often a starter piece for people. But again, if they we don't connect those people to teachers and have pastors there who help bring them through deliverance and healing and and use their flow in their people that flow in their mercy gifts and right. you know to to strengthen that person and help them learn and grow, mm -hmm. then they're just going to be in the doors one day and out the doors the next. Mm -hmm. And so when we understand that we're just a piece and we start to link up and connect, that can be well. That's what's effective. Mm -hmm. Wow. Pretty good. Number five. Number five. The 
let me read this first. The Holy Spirit has to move through the very much needed ministry. But instead, many people depend heavily on the eloquence of speech and give the right message for the four steps of salvation. But there's more to an evangelist than that. Because see, it's not just about persuasive words. Paul even experienced this in um, Acts. I want to read that verse in Acts 26, 28. And it says, he was talking to King Agrippa, right? And Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Well, I don't want to just persuade people. And I understand there's a, a place for apologetics. Uh, we need to know the word of God. We need to understand the truth that we're speaking and, and be able to present the message in a way that's clear or and makes defend sense. defend the gospel. And to defend it. the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's right. But it's not for argument's sake and it's not for the sake of convincing people. Because we understand that it's the Holy Spirit that draws people. It's not to be used for argumentative purposes, really. Exactly. And it's the Holy Spirit that draws people. I can't convince someone in the kingdom. No. I can't argue them into the kingdom. But I can flow in the Holy Spirit and present the truth. And as the Holy Spirit begins to quicken them and draw them, that truth begins to make sense. It begins to set them free. And so... Again, we're not against apologetics, but I am against depending solely on rationalization, words. rationalization yeah, exactly. and opinions, maybe because your personality is a little stronger and the person goes, oh, okay. But then they get out in life and there's other opinions that swarm over them. And the other one never even really changed them because it's right. all about transformation. And unless that heart engages in transformation... That's right. And there are there are some evangelism Life programs pressure. out there that are solely based on um, convincing someone that rationalization. I'm going to prove this is it. it like I said, it, it has its place, but it's it's yeah. In a world where there is so much deception, that's not going to be effective because they're so deceived that you can tell them, well, if white is white and black is black, then this is white. No, I don't. I don't identify that as, a, exactly. as white. I identify that as blue now. Because of the oh, deception. Yeah. And you right. are not going to be able to rationalize that. So now Spirit more than ever mm -hmm. in the evangelism realm, we need to, to depend on the Holy Spirit to very, draw people. Very strongly. In this and that's the work harvest. of the Holy Spirit. So let's stop trying to do the Holy Spirit's yeah. work and let's do our work. Woo. Right. I hear you. <laughs> Sounds great. This is amazing. Number six, uh, a pitfall in the evangelistic realm uh, that, that can be, uh, or an oversight, is the lack of follow-up for discipleship. And the new converts are not linked with pastors and local churches, or that, that local church doesn't have something in place that will be able to disciple. You know, all we have is just the same old message on Sunday morning or whatever. There's no life and freshness. So they need to be connected with a place of life, and there needs to be that... Um, that connection for discipleship. So many times, you know, we learn uh, the church just, we, we just want to get them saved, but um, you know, tens of thousands in the door and tens of thousands out the door because there was just no discipleship in the process. And so uh, from, for what I'm think, saying is that evangelists and evangelism type people or programs that you said in your church need to have a discipleship process. What do you do with, with them once they're saved? What happens? You get a person comes to church and they say, yeah, I led a person to Jesus this week. And I always ask, well, where are they? Why, why didn't you bring them to church? Where are they? Oh, well, you know, I didn't want to push the church on them. You just 
told them about <laughs> Jesus. They need to go to a place. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think it, we, need, a we need to it's also represent the church in a more positive light because that's where that's where people can grow. That's where life can come. And there's the value in that. That's not the only place. And I believe things have to happen outside the church. Don't get me wrong. But there's value in the local a place church, of learning. About. It should be if it's a healthy local church, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, years ago, I was um, teaching a course on evangelism at, at a ministry training center. And I did a lot of study in preparation for that, that course on Billy Graham and his process. And a lot of times we just saw the big rally, but they, and some of you may know this, but they would send teams in months before, almost a to year see before. if the region's even ready, if the well, pastors Well, they do the initial together. assessment, but then they'd start yeah. working with the pastors and building teams because they didn't want the thousands or hundreds or whatever, tens of thousands that were going to get saved in that area. They didn't want them to just fall by the wayside. They wanted to connect them and they had a whole program set up. Speaking that would about programs. Cool. Speaking of programs, you know, we do, we are strong believers of discipleship. And um, one of my lead horses, I am um, apostle, but I'm also a teacher. And I have um, developed a course called Life Track Discovery. And this course is powerful to build a good foundation for people, a foundation in um, first understanding their salvation experience, um, as well as the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and why that's important and what that's going to do in their life, but also helping them to develop healthy relationships relationships, first building a relationship with God and then a healthy relationship with themselves, loving themselves, and then being able to operate healthy in relationship with others around them. Um, and then lastly, there's a section that touches on purpose. Why am I here? And what does God have for me to do in his kingdom? So it's a powerful uh, course, Life Track Discovery. You can find it on our website. Um, that's ihimtv.com, I-H-I-M-T-V.com. What I like is she also had, we also have books available on the site that go with the kit. If you don't get the kit, if you get the books, um, a lot of um, evangelists, evangelistic type people are mentoring people with them. Um, it's, it's pretty powerful. But if you want the kit as well, if you're a pastor or a leader, we have a special on right now that's going on. And if you are a network leader, you need to get a hold of us. We have a promo on top of that again for any of your pastors or leaders, uh, congregations that are in your network. And uh, it is a valuable tool to be able to use. And this is the first of three. She's putting out the three books in there and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, go on our website. Like she said, that's amazing. Sorry for the ad break, but hey, <laughs> but discipleship is so important. And there's so many churches. If you ask them, how do you disciple new believers? They don't really have anything set out. They might have something, you know, a little pamphlet that talks about, you know, what it means to in be two saved. classes with it. And, uh, but it, it just, it doesn't really give them, it, it gives them an understanding. I appreciate those who have put those, that material out, but this, this just goes beyond that. And it's where the rubber meets the road. How do I live now? If the old man's gone, the news come, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, and, you know, what am I supposed to well, do? So, I'm thankful the Holy Spirit gave that to you and you did a great job. Babe. Thanks. So definitely discipleship's important. Let's wrap this up. Okay. So I'm going to talk to the evangelist. One takeaway uh, for the evangelist, the one with the mantle, the govern the authority, the responsibility, um, get or stay connected with an apostle who has time for you and who can give guidance for connect 
activity to other ministries for discipling the new converts. You are part of the loop. You are not to be outside the loop. You are a viable part of the fivefold, uh, part of the body of Christ um, to work in collaboration and be able to impact an area. So you find one. If you f- don't find, you know, you're talking with one and it didn't work out or they're just not on that page, they're out there and you need to, to find and connect with those. So that's my call to action. Let's make your ministry more effective. Let's, let's let's make it more effective in that way. Even though I'm leading thousands to Jesus, but then, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your what relationship with? with? Yeah. Get, get connected with the rest of the fivefold. Mm-hmm. And I have a call to action for those who have giftings or ministries in the evangelistic realm. And I encourage you to get involved or initiate evangelistic endeavors. Listen, every church leader, every pastor would just, I think, do a happy dance if someone came up to them and said, hey, you know, the Lord has put a calling for evangelism on my life, and I would like to set up an outreach or initiate an evangelism program or, you know, do some training with the people. Man, every pastor would be really excited about that. So take initiative. Don't just wait and say, well, the pastor doesn't do that and they don't let me do that. And there's no they didn't for ask that. me yet. There's not a pro. Yeah, they didn't ask me yet. And you're waiting for them to have some sort of spiritual discernment to to or a, a spiritual dream or something to come ask you. And uh, or there's nothing like that in our church. So I guess it can't be done. No, just talk. But then, you know, be teachable and be accountable as to how that can be incorporated in your church. Don't just, you know, expect to go there with a plan and the pastor immediately says yes, because they see the bigger picture too. remember that. But definitely get involved, initiate some stuff and stay patient. Fight feelings of frustration so you don't disqualify yourself as a compassionate servant and minister. And if you're getting frustrated, if you're getting impatient, Um, You're not in a good place. And so just take a deep breath and say, God, what step do you want me to take next? So Lord, help us today with uh, any pitfalls that we might find ourselves in. We're evangelist and uh, evangelistic. And Lord Jesus, help us to be teachable and uh, to learn new methods, new ways. Uh, Let our hearts not be know-it-all. Lord, let us be in a place where we're soft before your Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, you're able to speak to us in such a way that we can be effective as we touch lives, tearing down strongholds and demonic um, uh, strongholds over people's lives and regions and villages and towns, cities. God, so that your gospel can come. And Lord God, show us how to get them to the teachers for discipleship. Show them Show us, Lord, how to get them integrated into church. Let us be uh, ones who just, we're so excited about our local church that we want everybody just to be there too, you know, so that we don't leave them out in the cold. Lord, teach us, Lord, not to be frustrated. Teach us not to be judgmental of others just because everybody doesn't have the same drive as us or our pastor or church doesn't have that same drive. Lord, let us take responsibility and be able to move out in faith and see our ministry grow. We want to be covered, Lord. We want to be connected, Jesus, so that we can be effective. And uh, we just thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing in our life. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and share this message so that others can grow and be encouraged. God bless.